What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a few minutes, Radio Prune will be broadcasting another half hour of full frontal radio. But first, here is an important announcement. Each week after the show, we receive many thousands of letters of complaint, and our switchboards are jammed with abusive phone calls. So to avoid the congestion, we're going to tell you now who we'll be offending in this week's show. <laughs> so you can start writing straight away. And those of you who want to make abusive phone calls, please make them at ten-second intervals in alphabetical order. <laughs> if you all call at once, it's very difficult for us to ignore them. So here is this week's list of people we'll be offending. All vicars, colonels, prime ministers, Tony Blackburn... <laughs> Gibbon fanciers <laughs> and Julie Felix. <laughs> Housewives, radio listeners, Tony Blackburn again, <laughs> and John Davidson. Who? <laughs> Musicians Union, all director generals of the BBC, and at least one contemporary English MP for Wolverhampton with a small moustache and the initials EP. <laughs> also, small people will be slightly smeared at. Well, I'm sorry we couldn't include everyone in that list, but if you do specially feel that you ought to be offended, please write and tell us, uh, enclosing a stamped address OBE. Uh, <laughs> only members of the MCC need apply. And now, here is some highly distasteful music. Once again, the strain of the Angus Prune tune proves too much for Dave Lee and the boys, but brings to the microphone Tim Brooke Taylor, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall Bilotti for another illustrated edition of Radio Prune's Full Frontal Show. It's I'm sorry I'll read that again, again. <laughs> Here is a warning. 
to all motorists on the M1, travelling from Birmingham to London on the northbound carriageway. <laughs> Dear, dear Radio Prune, I would like to complain about your program, so please broadcast something distasteful. <laughs> I shall not be happy. I shall not be happy until I have taken offence. And a gate in a small potting shed. <laughs> Yours truly, Colonel Walter Wall Carpeting, Mrs. <laughs> All right then. Radio Prune is not expensive, always cheap and most offensive. Boom. Well, if we told you that all Rolf Harrison songs are dirty rugby songs that have been cleaned up, we'd be lying. But never mind, ladies and gentlemen, here is the Rolf Harris dirty songbook. I'm Jake the Big Diddly Diddly with my extra And also I got popular when came the time for I used to roll my trousers up and use me for the... This great big wolf I'm standing staring at me Licking his ass and weighing me I'm the guy who don't easily That's the truth Go look at that And he's just standing slobbering and panting Looking at me Two little boys had two little The wooden Gaily they Each summer's day Both of course One little chap Then had a mishap Broke off his Wept for his child with joy as his young playmate said, Did you think I would leave you? When there's room on my fortune, climb up here, Jack, and don't be crying. I can just as fast as When we grow up, we'll both be and out. Will not be toyless, and I wonder if we'll remember when we were too little. All right, all right, here we go. That was offensive. To the Queen. <laughs> Your Most Royal Majesty, that last item made me ashamed to be a member of the British Commonwealth, so I'm sending you back my OBE. <laughs> also, my Order of the Garter, which needs new elastic. <laughs> In exchange, if you have any George Crosses left, please send me half a dozen with pink ribbons. And my wife would like a pair of your sensible shoes. <laughs> okay, now we have an inoffensive item. <laughs> but for those of you who prefer something more objectionable, on BBC One there is Emperor Roscoe. On the third programme there is an embarrassing silence. <laughs> and on BBC... 
And on BBC TV, there is Ken Russell's film of the life of Florence Nightingale, featuring 50 naked Negroes, a whiplashing dance, and the post office tower. But we are going to cast our minds back into the dim mists of the past and remember those three amazing four-month-old babies who used to meet outside the supermarket. And they're all the more amazing now, for after all these years, they're still only four-month-old. Morning, Hugh. Morning, Rupert. Still not arrived yet, eh? No, no, I just saw him in his pram outside the grocer's. With us in a minute. Just got a few things to drop off on the way. Half a dozen eggs, bottle of milk, a tray of double-thick cream in his nappy. Oh, <laughs> here he comes with that ghastly mother of his. Oh, Cyril, who's a naughty boy? <laughs> who's a naughty boy? <laughs> who's a very, very naughty boy? Who's <laughs> a wicked boy? If you don't know, stop hitting me! <laughs> understand a single word I say. Oh, I'm going to have to go and buy some more eggy peggies. Oh, terrifically whippy-ky. <laughs> Cyril, I like your new harness. You're joking. I feel like a ruddy Shetland pony. Oh, I mean, it's got great bells on it, there, not it? It had, you mean. I just learned how to play bells of St. Mary's with them when she decided they got on her nerves. She took the peas out of them. Oh, oh, I've been punishing her for it, though. <laughs> she can't take the pea out of me. <laughs> these glasses safety straps. I mean, I wouldn't mind if the pram went fast. Why don't you bite your way through them? You haven't got any teeth yet. Well, given time, you might be able to gum his way through. <laughs> I, I have got teeth. Oh, no, you haven't. Woo! Oh, yes, you have. <laughs> Where did those come from? They look just like your father's. They are my father's. <laughs> the silly old fool. How was I supposed to know? I felt thirsty, so naturally I grabbed the nearest glass of water handy. Gulp, gulp, click, click, and I was a proud possessor of a pair of second-hand choppers. <laughs> hey, what did your father say? He said... Who are my buddy days? Look out, Cyril. Here comes your old woman again, and look who's with her. Oh, yes. Uh, plan B. Bung over the bottle of tomato ketchup. Here you go. Okay. Yeah, thank you. All over the face. Cyril was being very naughty, Mr. O'Brien, so I gave him a little slap. Doesn't seem to have troubled him. Hello, Cyril. Here's Mr. O'Brien, the nice inspector from the NSPCC. <laughs> A little slap, eh? I think this calls for an investigation. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, we present Is This Your Life? And here he is, Eamon Old Cowhand. <laughs> Good evening, hello, and tonight, is this your life, Arnold Gibbons? Oh, no, 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 no I don't want to be on. I shut up, shut up. Arnold Gibbons, you remember 25 years ago at school behind the bicycle shed, you were with a frail little school chum six inches smaller than you, with glasses, and you beat him up. Well, that chum is a big, strong man now, and here he is tonight. <laughs> After a few years, you got married, and it wasn't long before you suspected that your wife was having an affair with another man. 
You never knew his name. She denied it. And with the passing of time, you came to accept that the man didn't exist. But he did, and here he is tonight. Oh, you appear to be a good, faithful husband. But, of course, though your wife didn't know it, you were having a bit of crackling on the side. And that's a little blonde from the filing department. And here she is tonight. One night after the office party, you took this young lady back to her flat and had a little session with a Polaroid camera. You thought you'd destroyed the photos by dropping them in the incinerator, but we fished them out, and here they are tonight. <laughs> you remember when you picked up a call girl in Soho? You thought nobody saw you, but they did, and here they all are tonight. <laughs> Here's your mafia ticket and your MCC membership, your false passport, and the, and the policeman who tried to bribe, and your boyfriend, and your wife's solicitor, and two private detectives, and a police inspector. Yes, and I'm arresting you for aiding and abetting Eamon in this creepy, snoopy, gossip-mongering, immoral program. <laughs> like burnished gold, and his head stood proud and strong. He had a kind face that reminded one of winter evenings in front of a blazing log fire, long afternoons stretched out on a sun-kissed beach, or Christmas Eve with Father Christmas soon expected. But it was his eyes that caught the attention. They sparkled like fresh fallen snow, and yet there was sadness, as if some painful memory were forever imprisoned in the dark, uncharted corridors of his mind. If you have seen this man, or have any information, please contact me for the guy And now, here is a police warning. Look out, the fudge! <laughs> And now we reintroduce, after a long absence, the Tillingbourne Folk and Madrigal Society, who give us this week the first in a new series of English traditional dances. And this week's dance, which comes from America, which we hope you'll all join in with at home, <laughs> is called Stuffing the Gibbon. Honey, you gibbon! Pass your art box! Varnish your bowls! Rattle your chicken! Take two ounces of polythene gibbon stuffing and away we go. <laughs> oh, take that gibbon by the hand. Let's get the rhythm on the band. Slap him up and down upon the floor. Ooh, ooh. Tickle his feet and hear him giggle. Then I'm him down the middle. Give that gibbon what he's hollering for. Now I want to see all the pretty ladies here wearing gibbons in their hair. 
so you must promise not to tell anybody. The story I'm about to tell you began one day when I was called into the office of the head of the special branch, known to us as Twiggy. Ah, hanger ending, do come in. Take a seat. Have an OBU. No, thanks, sir. I've already got one. Now, listen, I have a job for you, a very secret mission. I need hardly tell you that this job is absolutely top secret. I see, sir. Right, that'll be all. But what do you want me to do? Ah, well, that's the secret. <laughs> now, you run along and do the job. But, but how can I do it if you won't tell me what it is? Ah, Jeff, yes, that is the point. How can you do the job if you don't know what it is? Ah, a bit of a stump over that one. Sir, why don't you tell me what to do, and I'll, I'll go and do it. No, 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 sorry, I can't do that. It's far too secret. And we've got too damn few secrets in British intelligence as it is. I've got to keep some to myself, otherwise I'll have nothing to sell the Russians when I retire. No, what a giveaway. Oh. Well, I'll tell you what. I will tell you what. You go and do the job, and I'll tell you what it was when you get back. No, that, that's not much better, sir, no. no it isn't. I know, no, I'll give you three guesses. You want me to carry a package of secret documents to Cleethorpes, documents which, if they fell into the wrong hands, could topple the government and plunge Europe into war? Got it in one, good man. Have another OBE. Uh, no, thanks, sir, I'm trying to give them up. All right, off you go, then. And remember, for doing this brave deed, we shall never forget you. Thank you, sir. Well, who the hell are you? Get out of my office. <laughs> Take that blasted clarinet with you. <laughs> and so next morning I set out, and I decided to go by the famous train, the 317 to Cleethorpes. Whenever its name was mentioned, men whispered of danger and excitement. I went to the ticket office and tapped on the shutter. Good morning, sir. Can I help you? Yes. Wrong. <laughs> Look here. I want a return ticket. Oh, where to? Back here, of course. <laughs> Congratulations, sir. You're the one millionth passenger to have cracked that joke. You can have the ticket free. Thank you very much. 
I'm going to Cleethorpe's. Oh, in that case, your train will be the 3.17 to Cleethorpe's. Dangerous excitement, dangerous excitement. <laughs> and what time does it arrive? Well, it gets in it exactly on the dot, precisely 7.59 and 3.8 seconds. It will take a couple of weeks. <laughs> is there a buffet car on the train? Oh, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. British Rail guarantee that there is definitely and certainly a buffet car on the train. On the train, there is bound to be, without a shadow of a doubt, positively and without fail, unquestionably and absolutely a buffet car. I should take some sandwiches, just in case. <laughs> and what platform does it leave from? Get lost. Now, look here, my little man. You have been consistently surly, unhelpful, obstreperous and downright rude. Well, that's what I'm here for, just doing my job. <laughs> well, uh, well, I'd better get a porter to help me. Yeah. I say, porter. And well, I say, potato. I say. <laughs> I say, you there. And I say, potato. Porter. <laughs> potato. You there. Potato. Let's, Let's call the whole thing off. Now, look, that's just silly. Yeah. Are you a porter? Yes, come on. Thank you, Gov. Thank you, thank you very much, Gov. Well, carry my suitcase to 317 for people. You must be joking, sure. Dear, only two minutes to go, and I still don't know where to get on the 317 to Cleethorpe. The next train to arrive at Platform 2 will be Stevenson's Rocket. <laughs> we apologise for the delay to the surviving passengers. <laughs> also delayed is the 225 to Hull. It will be leaving at 226 tomorrow. <laughs> or the day after. Perhaps not at all. Just depends how we feel, and don't you forget it. Ah, oh, well, perhaps they'll have some information about my train. Not if we can help it. <laughs> Here is an important announcement. The 250 to the West Country will not now be stopping at Land's End. <laughs> the train standing at Platform 5 is the 231 to Glasgow. Passengers will have to change a crew as the seats are extremely dirty. <laughs> and now British Rail wish to announce the following important joke. The train now standing at platforms 3, 4, 5, 6, oh, no. and 7 has come in sideways. <laughs> that is a very, very old joke. We apologise for the late arrival of the last joke. <laughs> And soon at last, I was aboard the 317 to Cleethorpe's. Carrying those important secret documents. Oh, come on! Everyone's forgotten about the plot by now. You spend so much time on cheap jokes at the expense of British Rail. British Rail apologised for the delay in the development of the plot. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, there I was on the train. I was travelling on a first-class ticket which was fractionally more comfortable than the seat provided. Don't forget to take advantage of our special excursion offer of cut rate jokes at the expense of British Rail. Then the train pulled out, and we were on our way. two other people in my compartment. In one corner sat a figure dressed in flowing black and white. I knew it was either a nun or an enormous penguin. <laughs> Next to me sat a ravishingly beautiful girl. Suddenly she leant over and kissed me with abandon. Then she took the band off and kissed me again. Please, you must help me. I knew at once that she was in trouble. 
Of course, it still would be if she went on kissing me like that. I'm in trouble. Already? Please, you must help me. You see... But before she could go any further, the BBC censor objected. So the ticket collector burst in. Can I have your ticket, please? Excuse me, Inspector, but I think there's something wrong with the heating in this compartment. Heating? What's the matter? Is it too hot? No. Is it too cold? No. Oh, then there is something wrong with it. <laughs> something about it. No, no, I just popped in for joke. <laughs> now then, you said you were in trouble. Miss, uh, Miss, uh, I'm afraid I didn't catch your name. Meeple. Oh, then I did catch it. <laughs> but you said you were in trouble. And so are you. <laughs> I know you are carrying secret documents, and there's someone on this train who is determined to stop you. Before I could expostulate, the nun, <laughs> the nun sitting in the corner spoke, and I knew at once that she was not all that she seemed. Good day, sport. Oh, uh, hello. Hello, sister, uh, sister, uh... Sister Liz. No, it's at the end of the corridor. No, why don't you and the little Sheila nip along to the buffet for a nice cold tube of lager? Yes, good idea. No, that's what I had to tell you. This isn't really a man. You mean it is an enormous penguin? No. It's an Australian spy. And he's poisoned all the food in the buffet with cyclomastine. That's right. It's a particularly nasty poison. Tasting of oxtail soup, old cabbages and rotting kipper heads. <laughs> but in railway buffet food, it's completely undetectable. <laughs> but now, you're the one I'm after, cobbler. So hand over the... <laughs> Couldn't be done. <laughs> oh, hand over those secret papers. I might as well tell you I've knocked out the train driver and I'm hijacking this train to Australia. The train's out of control. And look, they're ahead of us, coming straight towards us. And sure enough, rushing towards us came a mighty hulk, thundering down the track, roaring and puffing out great clouds of steam. What is this? <laughs> Constance, you must help us. We're out of control. Oh, this is my lucky day. <laughs> he means the train. Oh. I've hijacked the train and we're going non-stop to Australia. Australia? But how are we going to get across the sea in a train? Don't worry, I'll think of something. <laughs> but he didn't. <laughs> Three weeks we spent adrift in an open train. <laughs> then we made a raft out of driftwood and the four of us drifted aimlessly across the ocean. <laughs> Adrift in the pitiless ocean on a tiny raft, miles from land, alone. Oh, just me and two men. Oh, oh, terrific. <laughs> what about me? Certainly not. You're far too booked. <laughs> we'll never reach land. We'll never reach land without some form of propulsion. If anything has sailed. Wait, I have an idea. I'll take all my clothes off. Yes. Then you mail them up to the mast. Yes, and then? That's rather up to you. <laughs> Look, Cobbers, while you've been talking, I've been whittling a piece of driftwood, and I've managed to make a rude paddle. Yes, it is rather rude. <laughs> I've been paddling away for hours. I wonder where we are. We'll soon find out. You've been paddling for the last 20 miles across dry land. <laughs> where can we be? Look, them. 
But Ross now standing at platform one, <laughs> with three seventeen from London, calling at Beachy Head, the Pacific Ocean, and Dogger Bank. Then from three four. And that is the end of our story. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! What were those secret papers? Hey? I, I, I'm, I'm afraid I can't tell you. They're, they're far too secret. But, but I can give you a clue. Yes? What is incredibly long and full of the most unlikely people huh? and affords hours of endless amusement? Oh, I'm sorry I'll read that again. No, no. <laughs> the honours list. Run! <laughs> That was, I'm sorry, I'll read it again, Radio's Tate Gallery of the Air. Making an exhibition of themselves with Tim Brooke Taylor, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall and Bilotti. The critics were producers David Hatch and Peter Titheridge, who are now out of a job. The full frontal graphic script was by Graham Garden, Bilotti and Tim Brooke Taylor, who did a bit. And the bit is now on loan to a Swedish bookshop. The music on Crete was sculpted by Bill Oddie, played by Dave Lee and the Fellows of the Royal Society of Musicians Union, and arranged by Lee and Cohen Fellow. And here to see the show off, the show off. It's I'm sorry, I'll read that again. Again. My name is Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.